guys. Welcome back to Direct a Podcast. I'm Kurt Schneider. And I'm Keenan Wetzel. And we are currently in the midst of COVID-19. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty surreal and crazy time, and I know it's a hard situation for a lot of people. And so we're just we just uh, with the the free time and just hoping to give people something to listen to during this time. We thought it'd be great to do another episode. So I think if there's there's only uh, one good thing that's come through this virus, it's that we've got another episode of Direct to Podcast. So yeah, we've got a great guest on today, Adam Hashimi. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a great listener. I, he's, he was really intelligent, super smart. Like it was, a, it was a great conversation and it does take your mind off things. I know it's a very uncertain time for a lot of people, especially independent contractors and, and self-employed people like us. Um, but hopefully this gives you, you know, a little spark. We actually talk about things that you can do during your free, you know, free time and, and, uh, you know, things Adam likes to read and list, list you know, watch and, and listen to. So, um, hopefully this is a, a little bit of a solace or, you know, and hopefully we can do a couple more of these while we have some, have some time, but, uh, yeah, it was a super great conversation. So Awesome. Well, without further ado, here you guys go. Here's Adam. Just first and foremost, I feel like it's kind of the the stereotypical question on here, but it's it's kind of one of necessity just to kind of get to know you and your background a little bit. But how exactly did you kind of come into the world of filmmaking? Um, I came into it like uh, at a young age because I, I I knew I wanted to make films like from a very young age, and for some reason, I, even before I even knew what a director was, I kind of knew that I wanted I, I, I remember seeing Indiana Jones and then explaining in like a school essay in the second grade in Den- I'm from Denmark and like in and like when I wrote like this freestyle essay <laughs> in the second grade about like how I've seen Indiana Jones and I, I wanted to play the lead character I thought I could do a better job and I but I also wanted <laughs> to make the movie um, you know, um, and then, but and then, then the essay goes on to describe like how it's a problem that I'm only eight years old, and like how I was probably too young to play the part, and uh, <laughs> you know how to deal with that. So that was like my so like I mean I knew from a very young age that I, I wanted to make films, um, and and then I just started making things like in high school, and and just it was never like a question of like whether that's something I should do. And I also made music at the same time, I should say, and, and, and was like, ended up making both at the same time and also got involved with bands and made records and stuff like that. Um, so those are two like kind of side, side by side professions or like, you know, hobbies turned professions that I was doing. And, and then, um, was, was kind of like just, got me involved but I, I always knew that it was going to be film over music but music is like a big love for me and like it's something that i've always kind of carried like carried into film as much as possible you know because i think it's so important um so yeah i mean that's that's that was my way in what you know you, you mentioned indiana jones was that uh, you know was there any other films that come to mind that were you know essential to you or maybe there was a film later in life that hit you and said, "Hey, I want to make films like this." Yeah, I mean, I think when I say Indiana Jones, it's just it's kind of funny because like uh, you know you you grow up and then you watch like I had a dad that would like oh, I still have him, <laughs> but like he, he used to always show me um, great films since I was a kid, and he would never like be uh, it was ne- it was never about like making films, but it was always more like a game, and he would show me great like Hitchcock movies and Billy Wilder movies and Frank Capra. And, and tell me about, like, the different actors in them and, like, you know, and then, then he would sometimes also quiz me about, like, so who's the, who's the, what, who directed this film movie? And, like, and, and the same with music, like, and composers, like, so who's the composer of this symphony and, like, and what century is it from? And it would just be, like, fun games. And so I would always, like, I grew up with, like, watching great films. I think when I mention Indiana Jones, it's because I remember that sparking something in me and I think I always like love like any kid. I think movies that you you identify with the the hero. <laughs> you want to be the hero, so like stupid things like Karate Kid and stuff like that. <laughs> but but mm-hmm. then 
I remember also seeing when I was five, I saw The Shining because my parents would let me watch whatever I wanted to watch pretty much. I don't know why, but like it was a different time, <laughs> I guess. And like, and I remember watching The Shining and like basically hiding behind a couch during the entire movie. But that made such an impact on me as well. And just, I think, without knowing why, but just, you know, obviously cinematically, it did something completely different in the way it used music. And, and you know, um, so Kubrick has always been a huge inspiration but like I think that there's like a there's like the kind of like the thing that I I find that that you you know I I love Fellini I like like I love like all the Italian 60s and 70s movies um but they kind of came a little bit later in the, my teens and like when I started watching those films and became more like the intellectual moviegoer um but I think it's you know so both are important and I I like the fact that you know something very kind of basic as Indiana Jones because of like how great the characters were written. And like, you know, that's something that you, that I took really strongly to heart, I think. Um, yeah. If that answered the question. Do you, do you feel like, was it always something like super organic? You're kind of like, you're, you're watching of films and kind of digesting all that content or as you like, as you got older and maybe really started thinking of it more as a career, was there more, was, was, has there ever been like a strategic approach or like really trying to kind of treat it as, um, as kind of, you know, filling up your, your mental library? Yeah. I mean, do you, do you mean in terms of movie watching? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean for sure it was strategic in in going in. We, we were very lucky in Copenhagen. We had like the, and we still have this uh, Cinematheque, which is like the like the part of the Film Institute. They have this cinema, and and every month, and you could become a member. And I remember like I was just there every day. Like there was like I would go when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and especially during the summers, I would watch like three movies a day. And like I was, it was always me and like these like three old seventy-year-old guys that. <laughs> you know that that looked at me strangely be like well what is this kid doing but like i just and i watched like every pasolini movie every you know every dryer movie like everything and just basically learn film history that way and it was very like intentional that I, I knew i was learning film history but i also loved doing it it wasn't i didn't feel it didn't feel like a chore it just felt like you know if you want to learn a language you just need to this is the way to do it and i had i had kind of decided from a very young age because i'd stupidly had read like Kubrick didn't go to film school so I was like I'm not going to go to film school I'm going to learn my own way um, and this was my thing was like kind of like I'm going to learn this way I'm just going to watch movies and, and that's how I'm going to learn but I would say on the opposite side when I did then sit in the movies I would never like sit and you know think too much I would just like I, I always kind of like I'm very bad at like um getting I, I get caught up in the moment and i just watch the movie and then i forget about everything if it's a good movie if it's a bad movie then you can learn a lot because you you, you know you fall out of it all the time but like i'm I, i'm not a very good like you know uh, except now for because i'm writing all the time now that I, I keep seeing you know more into the matrix of like structure and stuff like that but um but yeah i think it's a great in, and really important thing to know your film history um like in whatever you want to do but like i think it's just nice to to kind of like watch old movies and and understand like how sometimes the movies from the 20s and 30s that were actually really experimental that we can learn from today because they took a different route and then like mainstream went a different way but like there's still something to learn from that different route that someone took back then you know i, I think like that's kind of an interesting way to learn uh um, and like yeah that that to me has always been kind of key and I still try to keep it up and do it um but I've, I've watched a lot so like that that's I think that's a good way you know kind of kind of jumping forward a little bit but on the same topic do do you find yourself um referencing older movies or more recent movies when you're uh, maybe referencing something in a, in a tr treatment or, or maybe do you find yourself just referencing films more than other contemporary commercials and things could you speak maybe a little bit about you know how you use that kind of library of films you've watched in your, in your career now? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I always like try to, you know, I, I, I love like, you know, watching modern movies as well. Like, and like contemporary movies, like I think that that's as important um, as old movies. I think in terms of 
referencing them, I think it's important. Um, definitely something I've, <laughs> I've learned also just like from an in- industry point of view is that it's always important to reference modern movies um, because a lot of people, when you reference old movies, like it, it just it feels as if you're trying to make an old movie. And of course, like that's never the point. Like I, I always think that like it, it, I think it. You can learn some. There's so much to learn from old movies, but like at the same time, you know, you want to kind of set it like in a. It's not about trying to make a movie that that looks like a movie from the 70s or 40s or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but so I think it's really important to kind of ref, to be able to reference newer movies as well. Um, for commercials, I just always like. I mean, the way that I always saw it, like going into commercials, is that like I never saw it as making a commercial. And like for me, the 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 main thing about making commercials was always to reference movies, because like you're trying to make something cinematic. Like commercials only are good because they try to not <laughs> look like commercials. You know what I mean? That's why. Mm, right. And and that that's always been my thing. Is like you know, striving for something more because you're basically you're taking people's time and if you're taking people's time you better be humble and like and then give them as much entertainment as you can like that's always been like my my motto for making commercials is like don't <clears throat> don't like don't presume that they want to see this you know you're selling them something and if you do that you better be entertaining them at the same time um so which is why i always like go for movies as a reference and never other commercials mm. no that's great um, so then, yeah, kind of moving forward from at an early age, recognizing that you wanted to be a filmmaker, how, how did you get into commercials and, and how did you kind of make the jump from amateur to professional? What did that look like? Um, <clears throat> the jump came because of music videos and I was like making videos for a band that like I became friends with and we made a video for like no money uh, shot on super eight and and you know that kind of made it on tv and then we made one more video which was on 16 millimeter and like and then that kind of made it uh you know big time on mtv and was like top 10 best videos for a while and and then because of that video that kind of that was the leap I, i think like for me in my head because i'm a megalomaniac sometimes like i i never realized I wasn't a professional filmmaker. <laughs> so I think that if you'd asked me at 14, I would have been like, yeah, of course I am. Like, and you know, and, and it would not, it was never a thing in my head. Although there, of course there's like a difference when you actually, you know, you come on TV and like, and you, your thing that, that you made is on TV and like it's playing all the time. That's like, oh, okay. You know, I was very proud of that, but like I'd never made that distinction in my head. Um, and I think that when, when that kind of, that took me into, um, I started like doing assistant work for another commercial director in Denmark and like, and at a company called Bacon, which I'm still at actually as a director. Um, and then while I was doing that, I also was like doing lots of work on my own, just like other music videos and, um, short films and like, and a documentary and like, and I started writing and did like a children's TV show. Um, and then, Meanwhile, like the commercial career kind of like slowly just took off. And then in it, very quickly, it just, when I first started doing commercials, I just, it became like international. Um, and, and I was like very lucky to find some really <clears throat> good, uh, you know, jobs because of this guy that I assisted, who's Martin Werner, who's a big, still a big commercial director and just like very prolific. Like he makes so many <laughs> jobs and he's such a great leader and a very good, like, guy to learn from because he really he takes in assistance and every assistant he's got like has gone on to make stuff you know and and i think i learned so much from him because i was so lucky and he would use me as his assistant director and like i remember being 23 and he would like with a five-minute briefing send me off to rio de janeiro for um three weeks four weeks to to like find all the locations and and do a casting of like 500 500 extras and and you know supporting roles and then you know so you you, you do like an insane jobs at a very and that would just i would learn so much from that so when i first did my first co- commercials as a director you know <clears throat> i would actually take over jobs that he said no to and then they would be big um and that that would that would like give me a great showreel at a very you know early age and so that's kind of how i i, I got into it but because i've been directing a lot on my own 
I just, you know, it was very, it was easy enough, and I because I'd been there as an assistant as well. I kind of tried a lot of things, so it wasn't difficult for me to be on set, and I, I had like a lot of experience with <clears throat> shooting and editing and stuff like that already. Um, so I, I was uh, basically very lucky the way I got into it, um, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's it's awesome that you were able to find a mentor like that. Could you maybe speak about the importance of finding, you know, mentors and collaborators and people that you can kind of learn the industry with? Because there's not really a, a, a source for, you know, just, just in general, like you're going to find your own creative voice, but there are things that you need to learn to get to a technical proficiency. Can you talk a little bit of, you know, about, you know, how important that is to find? Yeah, I mean, I think... For me, it, it was very important. I think that I think that for most people, it's a great thing to have. I mean, people. I think that it's kind of maybe two ways. And I know a lot of people that came from film school, and they rather than maybe find a mentor, what they did, they found like a group of other people that they just kept working with, you know. And I, I think that like um, Joachim Trier, a like Norwegian director, and, and his uh, DP uh, Jakob Ier in Sweden, and uh, editor Olivier in Denmark is like. They are, for example, like they're a great team and they, they know each other from film school, were best friends and did everything together. Um, I think for me, because I didn't go to film school, I didn't have that kind of network. I, I was like, I was seeking and, and then, you know, I was lucky to find through, you know, I, I didn't have anything like in, in my way into film wasn't, I didn't know a lot of film people growing up at all. Like I, I didn't come from that world and it was actually just because of through music and making the music videos that like because one in the band then knew someone and that like and because I'd made those videos was like that was my way in. So I that that's number one thing I think is that's great to know is that you don't have to know anyone in the film industry. You can always you'll find someone <laughs> at some point and you will have to find someone but like it's not like you have to know someone. Like I think that's the that's a good thing to know. Um and I think it's I think it's just you know, then you, you can seek them out and, and and I, I kept going, for example, the guy I became an assistant for, I just kept going. Every time I'd made a new thing, I would show him. Now, look, now I've made this. And like, and then at some, at finally, at some point, he like, okay, you know, and then he brought me in as an assistant. But it took like four or five tries before he did. Um, and then Nick Reffin, another director, he also kind of took me into his company and produced another short movie I did. Um, so he was also a, a little bit of a mentor for me for a while, which was fantastic. And I made a documentary about his movie. And, you know, so like I had these people that helped me and, you know, that was, that was really important. I think it's very important to find, um, or I can only speak for myself, but like for me, it, it's given a lot. And like, I think, you know, you, you kind of just have to procure your own mentor in a way, you know, if they don't fall from the trees, but like you can find them and you can seek them out and you should, I think I would always advise people to do that and, and seek them out and, and, and go and ask them, you know, maybe if they have a company or something like that. Of course, if it's someone just working on their own, it can be difficult. But like, I think that most prolific directors need like an assistant at some point. So that, 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 that's a good thing. What, what advice would you give to someone seeking out a mentor? Just like, what is, what is a healthy amount of like, you know, staying on top of them or like just, you know, seeking them out versus annoying them. Like, for example, if someone was, you know, wanted you to be their mentor, like, and, you know, not saying that you're giving that you, by you saying this, you're giving someone permission, but like, you know, what, what would, how would you like to be approached? And like, what would that, you know, what would that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I've been approached by a few and I've always like tried to take my time to help, you know, when you can, sometimes you can't. And I think, you can be a bit annoying. I mean, I think you should be insistent, but like, I also think that the only thing that's annoyed me is if someone's not like getting it, you know, like I, you, you can, you're trying to help. And like, if they don't get what you're saying, then like, it's like, you know, then I can't really do much for you. But, but I think that the most important thing is like what you do on your, like on your own, like that, that you, the, 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 there's so many different things that I think you should focus on as a director. And I did some of these things like way too late. And some of the things I did, I was good at doing and I was good at working and just making my own stuff all the time. You know, the more you make, the more you, the better you're, you're going to get. And like, and I think like that's the most important rule. Um, and I think for me, 
if you approach someone and you and like it's a no at the first time, then I would wait and then make something new that hopefully, uh, you know, no matter what it is, like I think like that that's like that's a it's very fair to go on and approach someone again um, when you've made something new and that you have something new to show. Um, I think like that that's the that's kind of the thing. And even I mean I also like helping like if someone has written something, I I try to read it and 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 help as well. And I think like most directors. I don't know, but I think so. We'll actually want to do that. Like, you know, most people are flattered when people come to them and ask for help. So, <clears throat> and I think like if you have the time, it's always fun to help. Uh, you learn so much. I learned so much myself from helping other people. Like mm-hmm. I think, and, and it's a, it's a, and also because I've been lucky to be, to have been helped. It's, it feels like something you want to give on to other people, you know? And when you, I know that Fincher is the same Scorsese, like a lot of these directors and Soderbergh, like they have really helped a lot of people. And like, uh, you know, uh, that's, and I, I'm sure that they all get something from it when they do, you know? Um, and that, that's, yeah. So to not be annoying is to just keep on working and to keep on developing and show that you, that you're like, you're taking it seriously. Like, um, and th- th- I think like that, that's the best way. No, that's great. Um, I think, no, I think that's, I think that's something that's really helpful for people to hear. Cause I think, you know, I've, I had that, you know, kind of earlier in my career, just kind of wondering, <clears throat> am I just annoying this person? And sometimes, so I, I think it's great to hear from you. Um, I think, you know, one thing I'm always curious of is when you're not in pre-pro for a specific job, how do you manage your time and and stay productive? I know like you're currently writing writing a script. Well, they're like, what is? How do you manage your time? Because um, I know for myself, and I think for a lot of directors and creatives, it can be really hard to be both like to be creative, but also productively creative. If that makes sense. So what? How do you, how do you kind of manage your time? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean it's a good question. I think uh, it's um, yeah. I, it, I think for, to answer that question, like my time has changed a lot, like over the years. Um, you know, if you asked me this question eight years ago or five years ago, it would have been a very different answer than right now, and it wouldn't have been a very organized answer, I'm sure, because like, I wasn't very organized with my time. Because basically, I guess the the, the way to put this is like. What do you want? What's dominating your time? Like, what do you see as your, your primary goal for, like, let's say, a goal that you set for this year? What am I trying to, like, get done, right? And, and, and if your time is dominated by allotting time based on, you know, not being in pre-production, on, for example, like for me, it was commercials, like, then, then you're, you're saying that the, the commercials are going to, dominate what what else you're going to make that year basically because you're you're basically saying that the the free time is what i get to do the other thing not vice versa saying you know let me focus and work on these projects and write on these projects and then and then i will take off some time to do for example a commercial and go into pre-pro on that like so so that that's the big difference in terms of like what it basically i guess is the when we talk about pre-pro it's about like what what's the what's the goal of the year? And so, allotting time for like something else, I think is is um is it is it is that your primary job that you're allotting time for, or is it is it not? Like I think that that the primary thing that you want to have done is like of course the the most important thing, and <clears throat> um you and should be the one that sets the time factors for everything else that year. So that's the tricky part, and I know for a lot of commercial directors, it's like the very hard thing because commercials will often because it's your paycheck and you know it, it will it will kind of decide how you spend the rest of your time and i think it's uh, it's about like getting out of that and changing that cycle so that like it you you turn that around which can be a hard thing to do um uh, does that answer your question or do you mean more just in terms of like just what creatively can you do in in like in between no i, I no i think i think that's super helpful i mean I guess I would just maybe be curious to like what you said, you said things are, are much different now. Like, you know, maybe like what is, 
what does kind of like an, an average day look like for you? Like how it's just as far as like structuring it time wise or, or how structured are you, I'd guess. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, for me, it's, it's about like, you know, now it's about just finding, uh, trying to like, and, and by, you know, like I, I can see, I'm just like, the ideal, the ideal situation is when I can sit down for like, you know, eight to four and just write. And, and uh, it, it usually is not like that. Like it, it's, you know, you fall in and out of it. But when you you find the routine and the rhythm and you just can sit down and write, it's not about like finding inspiration. It's not about like, you know, it's, it's not something that comes from the outside. It's basically work. Like I could be knitting. I could be like, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's basically just you sit down, you do the work. And that there's so much work in writing that you can do that has nothing to do with inspiration. So like that's kind of like, that's what I mostly have been doing right now. But it, the, the great thing is, and, and just to kind of finish the thought about like what we were saying before, is that it's been a really nice kind of thing to find this different cycle. And, and what I did was prioritize writing for a while and then only do like three, four jobs a year. Um, now, and then like last year, I fell, fell into a different rhythm where I could actually do more commercials at the same time as, as writing. And, and I came off with like, four great projects that like two of them are in development and, and, you know, in, in TV and in, um, feature. And again, the, the fantastic thing was like, I actually never felt that it interfered with each other. It wasn't as if like one took away from the other. And, and I think oddly I had to do that to kind of get back into commercials in a way that I rediscovered them a little bit again. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, you know, to make, have, have fun with them again, because like, I think, you know, you come to a point where it all becomes about like doing an assignment and then you just, oh, now I'm bored. Like, and, and commercials should not be like that. They should be fun and they should be like, um, they should be a challenge and they should be like, you should try to make something new and, and, and make it, you know, better. And like, I think like that's, that's kind of like the, the big thing to kind of rediscover that for me has been like to, to kind of take a break, come do something else and then come back into it. Like, and I'm still on that that like that trajectory right now um and that's like so yeah i think i think for me the writing is just about like finding a routine and just sitting down and doing it you know and it's going to be really tough <laughs> but like but that's what i do when i'm not like in you know when i'm not out shooting like mostly that's just all i'm doing right now uh, for the last like year year and a half mm. yeah um you, you you mentioned a little bit about like uh, inspiration, and I guess I'd I'd like to kind of dig down on that a little bit more. And you kind of spoke about it as as not something that was like you you sit down to find inspiration. But could you speak a little bit about that? Because there are sometimes that inspiration has to come in a time pressed kind of manner, especially in commercials. You have to come up with an idea. Um, you know, how do you you know are you somebody who actively you know is actively always looking for ideas, or are you someone that kind of lets things flow to you more naturally? Yeah, I mean, I've never figured out why ideas come and when they come exactly. But like, I always think, um, you know, and you're right, you're right. Like, there's there's a part of like an, an inspiration that you cannot, like, that just ha that, that that flows through you in a different. And it's like, <clears throat> for me, usually in the showers, or like uh, dreaming, and like I wake up and write down notes. But but I think it. I think from it's always like just really absorbing something, uh, when it's a com commercial pitch. And like, that's also what I mean, actually, like, again, like trying to rediscover commercials for me has been, there was a time when I wasn't paying attention enough to the pitch. And like, I'll, I'll say that, like, I hope no agencies are listening, but like, I'm, I'm just like, I was just kind of like, not, you know, I wasn't really absorbing what the idea was, but, you know, and, and it, it, that's when it became like an assignment. And the, the fact of actually just reading and listening to what people are saying, like what creatives are saying, what like, and the same with, with TV or movies is the same thing. Like just basically absorbing what's being put out there and really absorbing it. Those ideas will come. You know what I mean? Like they, they will always come to you and you just have to really absorb what the essence of an idea is. Like what is it that these people are trying to say or what, what am I trying to say? And then when you absorb that, like it will come probably in the shower or like dreaming, but because you're thinking about it all the time, it will come. That is kind of an aside from sitting down and then doing the writing. When you sit down and like expect an idea to come, it won't come. Like that's like just also another, you know, Murphy's law kind of thing. It's just like it, you have like, and for me, writing 
when I finally began to like understand it a little bit better is that like writing is just like sitting down and, and doing what you can. You can't like, it's not like about sitting and just waiting for inspiration to happen. Um, it's just about like writing your way in. And then the more you, you write, like when you don't know what to write, then just write what you do know. And, and sometimes like even, um, for example, in script writing, there's a great way that like, someone suggested like watching a scene from a movie that like kind of, you know, is, is reminiscent of what you're trying to write. Then like watch the movie, watch that scene from the movie and just start writing down the lines from that movie. Like, and you just start like writing it as a script, the way you, what you're basically seeing. And then suddenly you can change certain details. And then by changing certain details, you're actually beginning to write your own scene. You know what I mean? And, and like that kind of thing it's just like if you if you can't find inspiration right away, you do stuff like that, and it suddenly you're actually just doing it without thinking about it. Um, or like uh, I'm doing this thing now for like a TV show, and we're doing um, we're writing we're outlining a pilot, but what we're also doing at the same time, and it has helped me immensely, is to do um, focus on the characters rather than the plot. You basically just like there's this um, book that has like these 50 questions. Uh, it's it's from a playwright. It's about like theater writing actually, but like um, it's um, it's a it's a book that has like 50 questions to a character. Everything from like how many times does he have sex today to like hereditary diseases huh. to you know hair color to skin color, eye color, um, you know religious or not. Like any kind of question you can think of that covers like the basis of like a human being. And then you just answer those questions. And then it's really interesting what you find out. And then when you start doing that stuff, you just, you start like filling out all the blanks and those blanks will kind of like, when you you are forced to answer those questions, that leads you on a path towards inspiration rather than waiting for it to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like working your way up there instead of, of waiting for an epiphany. Right. And it's, it seems like it's kind of just being willing to go, to take the long route to an idea versus just trying to blast right through to it and have it just kind of appear to you. Yeah. Because all the, like the, 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 the epiphanies and, and all of that stuff, it's not like you're, that will still happen. You know what I mean? That, that always happens, but it doesn't mean that you can't put in the work and like that you shouldn't put in the work. It, I think like that's the misconception sometimes like people watch, I'm a big David Lynch fan but people watch his movies and think like, oh, he's just like, he has a dream and then he writes it down and he goes shoots it. Like, I don't think it's that simple. I think like he does a lot of work, you know, and a lot of script work, a lot of character work. And I think like, like many, like any other director, like he, you know, they, they work hard to get to that point. And like the more I've been writing, the more like I realize, oh shit, this is actually, you know, um, this is a lot of work you have to put into it. But that's, it's actually also really easy and it's great to know that it's not about sitting and waiting for something to happen. You know what I mean? That, that's like, you can actually just have fun with it in writing these characters and, and creating and fleshing out people that suddenly become alive. And like, rather than writing plot, like you, you know, you, you're writing through humans and, and even with a commercial, I think that that's helpful. And I've done that too. And actors will love you for it. That's another thing. Yeah. Because, you know. It, it's like uh, you know it helps them so much and like suddenly they, they have something that they can play with and like that that's just it's always like it's a good way in for both writing and for directing i think yeah i so i think i already know the answer to this but do, do you still love directing and and if so how do you think you've been able to um keep that keep that fire going just as as you as you progress through your career um, I think that, I mean, we're lucky. We have a job that like keeps changing, right? Like I think that's, um, you know, because you have to write then you have to go on set and then you have to edit. So, so just that cycle in itself, I think is fantastic. Um, I've always been someone that like, I like the adventure part of it and I feel so lucky that I've been able to do commercials all around the world. And like, you go to weird places and like I, I was shooting a Coke Super Bowl spot in Morocco and I remember going on a scout there and we drove through Morocco through like the deserts and like and we we sat like with um the the mayor of a Moroccan small village and drank tea uh, and like and, you know like you 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 you're, you get visited like you get you get to visit like people and and go to their houses and and 
see things you could never see as a tourist. And like um, that part of it for me is very important. And I think it's, it's, you know, even when shooting fiction, it's kind of like you still learn, you get to learn stuff like that. That's almost like a documentary and, and do research. And I think the research process for me is what keeps the fire going, you know, uh, in everything I do is like trying try to like learn something about the, the thing. I'm, I'm, the movie I'm writing is about prison. And <clears throat> I was so lucky that my wife was making a documentary about the, the, someone coming out of prison. And through her, I met like all these guys that have been inmates in prisons for like 35 years and have now become my friends. And like, you know, that, that, and, and talking to them, you know, on a daily basis about prison life and what, what it was like and what, what they have experienced. And, to me, that's a big part of like what makes this fun is that you can basically choose to say like, now I want to explore this area and like, and you can go, you know, in that direction. And then you can meet people that know about that world. And that you, you can actually ask them questions. Not a lot of people can do that. Like only like reporters and detectives and, and, and we can do that. You know, we're pretty lucky that way. Would, would you say that's your favorite part of the process? Um, like the, 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 the pre-production aspect of it or the, the, the conceptualizing, if you will, process or, you know, or, or do you prefer the shoot or the post or is there one, one part of the process you like the most? Actually, I mean, it's, I think it's a really difficult question because like, I feel like there's like great moments in each segment, right? Like there's like, um, there's always like a, there's, a, there's always like a peak in each moment where, where there's like a peak in, in writing and conceptualizing and coming up with all the ideas and doing the research that that's like fantastic. Then there's also a piece of writing, which is like so hard and grueling and like, and, and just like filled with self-loathing and you just want to kill yourself. But, and, and shooting mostly I, I love, like I'm, I'm, I love being on set. It's the most natural place for me to be. And like, I, I love just, um, you know, uh, being with the crew and making things like that. That's, that's just generally always fun and hopefully, and I always like like to be very prepared. So, you know, even though that, that can be boring, I actually think it, it opens up for a lot of possibilities and, and improvisation and the crew also to, the more you know what you want, the more you can actually let other people play and like let them try things. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know. I think like, I think it, it's hard for me to say, but like, I think shooting is still the, the most fun. It's um, oh, when you're yeah, well prepared. I, <laughs> yeah, totally. And you, and you said, you know, well prepared. Um, could you speak about that? Like, uh, you know, maybe a bit about your preparation process or what that looks like, or what are things that you, you know, tr try to make sure are ironed out that, you know, that maybe some other directors don't approach that way. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm generally speaking, I'm, I like being prepared and I like be, knowing what kind of shots I want to uh, make. And I, I do like storyboarding and, and like, and, you know, figuring it out. I would say that that's also not true for every project because I've also made projects that were a little bit more like a documentary and you have to feel your way out. Like, and, and I don't mind either, but like, there's always a way to prepare, even though you don't storyboard, there's another way to prepare, you know? I think it's it's just about like finding what's the right way and what you can prepare without destroying the process on this on the shoot day itself. Um, some things would 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 be terrible if you like you know if you storyboarded them and and you locked in a certain way because then maybe it destroys like the you know the atmosphere or like it, the 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 freedom of of the performers. But like I think in most instances for what I do storyboarding and like preparation in terms of knowing what you want to shoot, rehearsing with actors beforehand um, only helps you. And it doesn't mean that it becomes exactly like what you prepared. It just means that you, it's like I come from music and I know for a fact that like a well-rehearsed band performs better and it's better at improvising. And I think the same goes for, for like film shoots. If you know your stuff, you are also better at improvising. Like a guitarist that plays a solo if he has done all his scales and like, he knows them by heart, he can also forget about the rules and he can go out and he can play a better solo than someone that doesn't know those scales. And I think the same goes for an actor, the same goes for a director. You just need, you, the more you know, the, the more you can kind of like see the entire field and basically choose your way. So I'm a big fan of storyboarding and then also breaking the rules. Like you, the most important thing is like, 
when you then know and you have a, an idea and you've had this idea in your head for two months, like you find out um, on set suddenly, like, you know what? This doesn't work. Like we have to think of something else. And like, and hopefully you're working with good collaborators that are just as willing as you to just change it around. Like, and because they can see that, that it doesn't work the way it was intended. And then you, you make up something new on set, but like, that's not a problem. I think that that's a good thing. That's where I feel most alive is when you have to change stuff. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm a big preparation guy. Like, I think that's the most important thing. Um, yeah. No, that, <clears throat> that's great. Um, I think it's, I guess kind of just like a, a side question, but I think it's, it's probably more applicable to the you know, passion projects or, or like the narrative endeavors, but how, how do you kind of like find the balance of, you know, working on a project and, and working in a, in a medium that is, that is made like intended to, you know, have an audience It's intended to be made and to be watched by other people with like, with that in mind, like, how do you not let, let like other people's opinions or just like how many views this thing gets or, you know, how it's received, how do you not let that impact your motivations and what, and what kind of gets you to do what you do, if that makes sense? Um, I think, I mean, well, first of all, off, like hopefully you just have a good idea. That's like, you know, <clears throat> I think it's, if you have a good idea that you can pitch like in a, like a one line thing, you know, your idea and you're like, and, and it feels like that people are responding to that. That, that to me is like, that's, that's first, you know, I always like think that I always do a thing that before when I get an idea, I always test it off on people verbally <laughs> as many times as I can. Like my wife hates, you know, she's, she has to hear it like 40 times. Um, but, but just that you see, you just sense people's response to your idea and, and you can sense if it's a good idea or not that way. And, and, and it, 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 that's like the first step. And then <clears throat> from there, if you know, you have a strong, a solid idea, then it's about like just making it, um, you know, as just as close to the essence as possible. And I'm not like a, I'm not a very strong writer. I, I'm, I'm for me, it's about writing with other people that are better than me. But I'm a great, I'm a great idea guy. <laughs> I'm good at coming up with ideas, and I can write. But like, I'm really better at like coming up with the idea and then sitting with someone else and then writing it together. And then what I, I see my, like as my strongest job is always to keep the, <clears throat> the essence of that idea uh, and never losing that essence because people can veer off very quickly on like other paths because it's not, you know, every idea is like personal and, and subjective. But if you want to, you know, I think it's about like being very strong about this is my idea. And it, it, it might be that this other idea that you had here is really funny but it doesn't suit with what we're trying to do here. So we've got to cut that and like, and stick to this particular concept. Right. Uh, I think like that that's to me, it's like, it's always about the purity of a concept and like, and there's so many things right now out in the world. And like, you know, everyone has an idea <clears throat> and everyone is like making something like it's. Um, and so when you come up with something, it's, a, it's, I think what makes stuff popular is, is not really, you know, what really makes things popular is that they're personal. And, and, and if you have a personal reason for an idea, then people that will resonate with people if that comes through. So the most important thing is that that first idea that you got, like the reason why you got excited by that, that idea that has to resonate, that has to come through the entire process of writing a script and doing everything and come out on the other side and be just as clear as that like first idea that you that you got and if that's the case then you have a popular idea <clears throat> that's how i see it um, yeah absolutely man it to totally makes sense um switching gears kind of to i guess a relevant topic for everyone you know you're staying at home and um you know with a little more free time on their hands uh you know <laughs> are there any films or uh shows or books or anything that you've read or uh watched recently that you you know have had a big impact on you and that and that call to mind. Yeah, um, I mean, of like shows, I would say like Succession is like one of my favorite shows right now, uh, because it's really funny and just uh, so that's good. really 
yeah, uh, Jesse Armstrong. And like, I, I just love the writing, the characters, and it's just the perfect, the tone very much, the, the mix of comedy and drama, is, uh, it's very human. And just like, I love that show. Um, movies, I think, um, yeah, I did, what did I watch recently? Like Manos, like the like a Colombian movie, which is a kind of a really interesting, weird movie, and it's great. Um, and mostly just because of the soundtrack, which was by Michael Levy, who also did the soundtrack for uh, Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin. So it's like an amazing soundtrack for that movie. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and then and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Loved that movie. Just saw that one. And other than that, like, I'm just trying to watch as much Criterion Collection um, as I can. But, it, you know, I always have, like, a, I feel like I have a list of 200 movies that I still have to see on Criterion Collection. But, like, yeah. <clears throat> there's, like, there's so many good movies there. So, like, that, that's, a, if you want to learn something, I would say, like, that's the best place to go um, and, and watch stuff. So, you know, um, I, I tried, like, yeah, that that's, like, those are my main things. I, I also, like, I, I love watching weird horror movies from the 70s and 60s that I, <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, that I, I keep dusting up and finding and I can just, uh, this one called, what's it called? The Scream, which is good. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, but like, that's like, that's the, those are the main things right now. And then of writing, like our books, um, I mentioned that book where like you had these character bone structure things and in terms of writing, this is an, a fantastic book called The Art of Dramatic Writing by a Hungarian writer called Lajos Igri. And it is about, uh, he's a playwright for like, so it's about writing for the theater, but I would say that it translates so well into film. And I know a lot of big screenwriters has this book as their absolute Bible. <clears throat> so I would recommend that book because it's one of the strongest books in terms of like writing scenes and finding the premise for what you're trying to write and, and especially character work. Um, so that's a good book. Um, nice. and nice. <laughs> I got one more book because I play a lot of tennis right now, but not, not right now. I can't, but like, but otherwise the, the inner game of tennis, which is a great book about, <laughs> about, uh, just basically how you, how you learn to become a, like, it's about winning, but it's, it's, a it's, it's about like, it's, it's a very sen way of looking at it. And I think that it translates into career choices as well. So like, that's a good book. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, before, you know, before the call, you also mentioned, you know, you've been writing a lot. Um, you know, maybe you can't sp talk specifically about that project, but, you know, what, what type of projects are you, uh, do you have in the future that you're excited about? You know, I know the yeah, future is a little, little uncertain right now, but for everyone, but. <clears throat> yeah, it's, I think that we'll see a lot of stuff about viruses and like pandemic soon, but like, you know, um, it, yeah, it's interesting by the way, like what is going to happen and like what, what kind of stuff is going to come out now and, and how this will affect. But I think that we'll definitely need a lot of content, which is a good thing. Um, but I, my stuff is, I have like four big projects I'm working on all with the same co-writer partner. Um, and they're very different. Like one is about um, uh, football or like soccer set in England, which is a series and, and it's kind of a, a, a funny one. <clears throat> or it's comedic, but like trying to hit in the direction of the tone of succession, I guess. And, nice. um, and that's, uh, yeah, that, and that's really fun. And like, we're working on the pilot for that. And we then also have the a feature film that we've been, I've been working on for a long time. That's, that is announced and like set with, um, anonymous content and MGM and, and that's, um, a prison escape uh, musical that Mark Ronson is making the music for. Huh uh so and the, yeah and it's it's kind of, i mean it's also comedic but but you know played dramatically and 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 you know again very much the tone that i like is you know that where you never really know where where you like you know it, it's it's uh i guess like <clears throat> i i don't know what's i i hate putting labels on it but like um movies like out of uh, out of sight or midnight run and like you know that kind of body comedy um yeah. thing or but like so so yeah i think it's <clears throat> those are my main projects and then there are two other things one is like a horror movie that um it's more of a psychological uh horror movie and like uh it's really interesting to write and work on 
and the um, and then <clears throat> there's one other project, and I can't really talk too much about that, but that's within the true crime genre, but like, but not. And and all I can say is that like I I'm, I got so fed up with watching true crime all the time that I felt like uh, you needed to make something about murder that was that said something like, and you could learn something from, because like, I feel a lot of these true crime stories are just empty calories. You watch them and then you just, you don't feel anything or like you, mm -hmm. I don't, it just, it, it just, um, it got to me. And like, I felt like, uh, it's kind of a reaction to that. And I don't know what that will be, but like, <laughs> hopefully we'll find out soon. So those are the projects. So kind of a lot to work on at the same time, but like, it's fun and you know, <clears throat> they're all moving along. That's awesome. I think the last thing we always kind of just like to end with is any advice. Uh, and I know you've already given a ton of advice, but um, just, you know, if there's a filmmaker listening to this, who's just getting their feet wet, just starting out, what's, you know, what's kind of maybe one or two things that you, you feel like is something you would have loved to have known when you were starting out? Uh, yeah, no, of course. I think, I, I mean, I think that there are a few things and, you know, uh, it's never too late, by the way. <laughs> I think it's like never too late to learn these things, Like, but it's great. Like the, the, the earlier you start, the better you're going to be off. Um, but I would say like as Werner Herzog has said many times, it's like it's all about reading literature, like reading uh, fiction, like novels, and, and just as much as you can, just keep reading. Like that's the, the, the best inspiration for movies. I would say the same way as like movies are a great inspiration for commercials for if you want to make movies, the great inspiration is in novels. Like that, that's the thing, like uh, that's where you learn. Um, learning how to write, that's again, like kind of comes along with the same thing. Um, and I would also just say shooting as much as you can all the time, you know, and edit, 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 just keep just shooting and editing, even if it's on your phone, like that, that to me is like, I think you can never learn too much about that process. And um, I think the last thing is just working with actors, you know, <clears throat> respect actors, I think is very important. And a lot of directors do not respect actors. And I think like one of the most important things is like really how much you can learn from it. And the best way to learn, and I did that too, is to, you know, do acting classes and like <laughs> trying to be on the other side of the camera and, and understanding how blind you are, like, and how much you have no fucking clue what's going on. I think that's a, that's a good thing for every director to try and every director should try that. And if you do that, you will understand them more and you will be able to respect their craft more. Like those things I think are all like essential for any director. There you have it guys. Hope everyone enjoyed. Stay safe. Wash your hands. We'll see you again soon here. Bye.